size and comfort. Your host, Fred Rusty Tap and Milk. All right, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Four Guys in a Comic. Yes, it's four guys. Well, well, well let me back that up. Actually, I think tonight we only have three guys. You know, um, Nova, unfortunately, is uh, taking care of some personal business or something. Well, what's going on with the Nova? Do we know that, Rusty? I don't know. I think he's on a trip somewhere to some uh, other country or something for a job interview or something. He's training, I think. I don't I'm not sure. Was it for I think Pepsi? It was is that Thailand? what it was? He's going to Thailand for Pepsi. Is that what it was? Yeah, Pepsi. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> it might be Pepsi. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, we all miraculously came back somehow. Tap wasn't there, but I mean, we worked nope. things out. I always survived the horror movies. I'm the virgin. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I always survive. But no, I am back this week. It feels good to be back. I missed out on every podcast I do last week. We didn't do Rebirth. We didn't do this. I didn't do Fork. I didn't do anything last week. It was just, I was out of town. You lazy then, bum. I know. I was out of town <laughs> on a fun vacation business trip and then uh, just family time. So, Yeah. So did you even have any time to read anything this week? I did read a little, but not nearly as much as I would have liked to. Well, tell us. What did you get out today, this week? Uh, what have I read this week? Um, a couple issues of uh, Renato Jones. I did read that. Um, caught up on some John Ostrander, Tom Mandrake, Martian Manhunter. Uh, let's see. Obviously, the Rebirth stuff that we get every week. Everyone knows I do that already. Mm-hmm. Um Ooh, the newest issue of Birthright. Joshua Williamson. Um, That was really good. If you're a Birthright fan, go get it. So good. Um, Yeah, that's basically what I've gotten to. I haven't really read a whole lot of anything else that I can think of. Yeah, no, that's really about all I've gotten to read this week. I haven't even gotten to read the newest issue of Mighty Morphin yet. I'm still waiting to read that and... I got the new issue of Chimichanga waiting for me that I need to read. Mm. So yeah, there's very a. Cool. I got a lot. I saw Chimichanga at my store, and I it's was hilarious, very dude. It, get it? It's hilarious. Okay, mm. I might have to. I mean, I also saw the second Doom Patrol, and I haven't read that yet. And Nova told me to definitely read it. Yes, so, he did. Um, I haven't read it yet either. If that makes you feel any better, but yes, okay, he did that say makes that. Me feel a little better. But you did read Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern, right? The latest one. Yes. I oh, what do you oh think my of it? Gosh, it was it was cool, man. I'm <laughs> gonna tell you that right now. And that's a weird coming from me, but Guy was like a badass. He's yes. like, he kept reciting the Green Lantern core chant over and over, and it's yep. like a big middle finger to the fear, like the whole parallax and the fear engine and everything. Yep. And that was cool, man. And then the big fight between Hal and Sinestro, uh, it, it built up pretty well. Like, I was pretty, I mean, I know they fought a lot in the past, but, I mean, it still had an intensity to it. And it didn't feel like it, like, I figured with this big fight, I mean, it's been done over and over again, basically, that, you know, it, it wouldn't really mount up to much. But they really kicked it out of the park with the fight. Yeah, and me and Nova, we talked about it on the Afterbirth pod, which, well, it'll hopefully be up by the time you guys hear this. Uh, we talked about the, the art on that last page where it's like the, the big explosion's happening, and out of the explosion you see the Green Lantern symbol, 
And then you have Hal Jordan up at the top and Sinestro at the bottom. And they kind of look like ghostly images, like see-through. You can see like the, the stars and space behind them. And the way it was just drawn was very kind of... Old it's like school. they became entities almost. Yes, instead. yes. Yeah. It looked amazing. I want that as a freaking poster in my man cave. Like, that art was sick. It was so well done. Now, without too many spoilers or anything, I don't know. Do we want to talk about spoilers at all? Yeah, bring Go out, bring for it. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. spoilers, spoilers. Okay. <laughs> is, he, is he just, okay, spoiler alert, is Hal Jordan dead? Oh, that we don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I, me, oh my me and Nova kind of touched base on that a little bit with uh, the Afterbirth pod. And we said that he can't be. And the reason why we say that he can't be is because the title of the book is called Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. So yeah. to kill him off in issue seven would be weird. So I, I seriously doubt it. But it, either way, it was very well done and really cool in, the, in how they did it. They should just make Guy the main guy, and then uh, Hal nobody can be likes the Guy. I think you're the only one that likes Guy. I will admit, I like Guy in this last issue. I thought uh, Guy was an awesome in this last issue. He's but, a douchebag, but overall, he's, as a whole, nobody <laughs> likes Guy as a character. He's just like a fun no. side character. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll no, promote he, John Stewart. And next issue, it'll be John Stewart in the Green Lantern Corps. Gosh, <laughs> you know I'm not the biggest fan of John. He's too serious. I don't know what he it is. About well, it. I think it, if I remember correctly, I don't know a lot about John. But if I remember correctly, he has a military background, and I think oh, that okay. would be. I think that would be why he's so <sighs> stern and and whatnot. I think um, that would kind of explain that, but. Yeah. So about you, Rusty? What have you knocked out this week? Gosh, um, I've read a lot. I mean, I'm gonna save my last bit of what I've read. It's the main thing I want to talk about, but uh, I mean, I'm gonna save it because I think that me and you, Red, are gonna have a little something to talk about. Okay, okay. But beyond that, I got lucky enough to get the <laughs> second issue of Lord of Gore before it came out. And I am not going to talk about, like, whoa, 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 spoilers whoa, whoa, and everything. Whoa, 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 Was this sent to everyone or just you? It was sent to everybody. It's on our... Uh, all right. In, in, all right. We're good. Messages. We're good. Okay. I'm excited. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we got the second issue, and I read that. And I'm not going to spoil it, but, I mean, wow. I mean, the second issue still makes me want the third issue so bad. And it's like... Go help out this campaign for this comic because it is so good. Oh, my gosh. And if you haven't gotten the first issue, it's out in shops. I mean, I picked it up at a movie trading company. So, I mean, it's out there. It's pretty easy to get a hold of. And, I mean, uh, just great stuff all around. But the story, man, I mean, it continued off of that cliffhanger on the first issue. And it gave you a little more of a background of what's going on and stuff. But... It's still a lot of mystery and a lot of wonder, and it makes you wanting more. Yeah, I keep waiting for my first issue to get in the mail. I'm getting that Tim Seeley uh, hack slash variant cover for Lord of Gore, and I keep waiting for it. Daniel Leister is going to sign it, and uh, the uh, the writer, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, DB or CB, he's, I think it's DB, he's going to sign it. And stuff, so I'm, I'm just keep waiting for that to come into the mail. It has not a ribbon, a ribbon, a a ribbon, a ribbon, a ribbon. It has not a (laughs) ribbon. So yeah, I'm waiting on that, but I'm glad that you're enjoying it, man. That makes me super excited. 
Yeah, no, good stuff. Now, beyond that, I've had some cool stuff come out this week. Now, I had Venom Space Knight, the last issue before the new Marvel Now thing came out. This, And I know, Red, that you said that you've been enjoying. Did you read it, the new one? No, I, I haven't. I want to. I just haven't gotten to it. And and I have it on my wish list to get on Comic College. I just haven't gotten it yet. Uh, I feel you. Well, you won't be disappointed with it. I mean, it deals a little bit with mania and everything else that's oh, going on. Sweet. Yeah, but it's building up, I guess, for the big jump of whatever's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this was like, I guess, our last comic with Flash Thompson as Venom, as far as we know. Uh huh. But I mean, at the end of it, he didn't jump off. We'll see. See what happens. Yeah. Beyond that, I had a. Silver Surfer come out this week, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always waiting for those because they only come out like once a month. Yeah. So it's just like, please, come on, hurry up. Dan Slott, Mike Allred, quit making me wait. Um, but yeah, when are we going to get them? When are we going to get them on the podcast? Then and Robbie Thompson. I mean, it's like, come on. Yeah, they all need to hop on, man. I mean, I, we've had Mike, but I mean, if we could get Mike and Dan at the same time, that would be phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. But um, newest issue of Surfer was just kind of a filler issue. I mean, it was, like, basically the first issue for the new arc with Marvel Now or whatever, and it was about Dawn and Norrin um, in space again. They are not locked on Earth anymore, so they're out in space again. And um, they Dawn wants to be shown all the fun things, so he goes and takes her out to all these different planets. There's... <laughs> There's a planet where it's bouncy, so she just jumps up and down on it. And there's a planet with, like, rabbits that like to... It's a bunch of really cute rabbits, basically, and she goes and plays with the rabbits. And there's a ball pit, like, nursery world where she goes and plays with monster alien babies in a ball pit. And it's a bunch (laughs) of ridiculous stuff. And it feels, though, like an old filler issue by like Ron Mars or even Jim Starlin, like when he, at the end of his surfer run, it it, it was, it was a fun issue. But the thing is that really pulled me into it is that she's like, calls him out and he's like, Hey, you're only taking me to like little foo foo safe worlds, you know, show me some risk in space. And, you know, (laughs) and so they go to the door. And the door is a gambling dimension where you go in and it's a giant casino, basically. Wait a minute. Is this the issue that I saw on this shelf with him playing poker? Yes. I saw that. I was like, I love that cover. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I've had a few friends come over like yesterday and stuff just for Halloween stuff. And they've all picked it up off my uh, dining room table because I've been I had left it there after I read it. And they're all like, this is a cool cover. This is some cool. I am. Thank you. Yeah. Like, it's really kind of like, I'm wondering, you know, it's just Norrin playing, like, like you said, poker at a space table. But that's like the whole issue is him gambling and Dawn gambling, and they get really into it. And uh, Norrin goes as far as um, gambling away his power cosmic to a specific someone who pops up in the issue uh, known (laughs) as the uh, Grandmaster. So, Mm. yeah. And, um, you know, needless to say, he bids, he loses a few hands and wins a few hands. The funniest part of the comic is he loses the ability to say bees because you can literally bet anything in this dimension. So he bets his ability to say the word bee because the guy he was going up against has a problem with his species has a problem with pronouncing the bee sound. Mm. So 
he takes it from him, basically in a bet. And Dawn wins, like, I'll, I'll go to the extent of this, okay? Uh, Dawn, uh, Silver Surfer's lady friend, bets, goes up against a bet with some random thing. He's like, what are you betting? He's like, we're betting memories. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, okay, go. And she just goes before she even knows what's going to happen. And um, she wins. All of a sudden, she gets the memory of a alien being born, basically. And she's like, oh, my God, what is that? Like, why did that happen? I don't want to see that. That's gross. You know, all this stuff, right? And the alien's like, well, we betted for memories. I, my memory that I was going to bet you was the memory of my firstborn child being born. Hmm. And so he lost the memory, and he, she won the memory. And she was like, well, it's that serious. I don't want that. You can take that back. You know, that's for you. That's special. And he's like, well, she's like, well, what would you have won if I lost? And he's like, uh, I would have won something called uh, Dawn's First Christmas. And it's like, oh, what? And so it's like, it's a crazy dimension world, and it ends up dealing with Norn Rad having to outsmart the house to win everything back. And mm, uh, Sounds like a fun issue. It's a fun filler issue. It, nothing really important happens in it, but it's a fun, just fun issue to read. And it's the mm. start of the new storyline. Okay. So... Yeah, that's good stuff. Now, the last thing that I wanted to bring up, and the reason why I thought that, uh, I mean, I've also, well, before that, I've also read Doctor Strange and Sorcerer Supreme. Did either one of y'all read that? Uh, I've been waiting. You haven't given me my code, sir. I need to give you the code for it. It was pretty good. It It felt like an old comic. Okay. So it It felt, the way it was formatted, the way it was drawn... The way even the text of it was, it felt like a Doctor Strange comic out of, like, the late 70s. That is dope. The, yeah. I'm very excited. Okay, coming from me, this is going to sound really weird, but I'm really excited for next Wednesday. Well, by the time this drops, it'll it'll be this <laughs> week's comics for Marvel. I'm very, there's, like, eight eight different issues, I think it was, that I wanted to read that are dropping next week from Marvel. And I was like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really want to read a lot of Marvel next week. <laughs> you got Jason Aaron's new, uh, oh, what is it called? The Unworthy Thor. Mm-hmm. That It's Jason Aaron. That looks awesome. Maybe we'll figure out what the hell happened to Thor and what Nick Fury yeah, said. It may be. May Maybe. May freaking uh... be. Then you got, uh, well, Moon Knight. Obviously, everyone knows I'm going to read that. Um Clone Conspiracy, number two, is dropping, which... Rusty, are you reading any of that? Okay, I own the first issue. I read the first issue, I think, but I might have been a little under the influence of oh, some alcohol. Sir. And, dude, I don't really remember it, but I own the issue. It's good. Are you? Have you read any of the Spider-Man? No, that's the thing. I own it all. I don't... I haven't God, read it yet. It, Rusty, uh, this is oh worse than Invincible. Uh, really? At least no, you own no. these, but come on. I own them. It's truth. No, but... it's good. Like I said, Jabo made me, you know, I went back and read them, and it, I'm so glad I did. It's actually a really fun read. Red, have you read any of them? No, I have not. Okay. I know that you're kind of like me when it comes to Marvel lately, but check out Spider-Man. I know you used to collect Spider-Man. Check it out. It's yeah. It's Dan Slott writing, so it's, well, yeah, it's fun so... no matter what. But, uh, no, it's really good. I, I can't lie. I'm really, really enjoying Spider-Man. So, 
there's that. And then what else was coming out? There was... I don't remember off the top of my head now what all it was, but there was a lot of issues okay. for Marvel next week that got me really excited. You need to read uh, the big one that's com- supposed to be coming out. I guess it's not this week. Is it's it the Monster U or whatever? No, Thanos is coming out soon. Th- yeah, Thanos number one. That was the other one that was dropping next week. I don't know if it's dropping next week, but I'm I think pretty it's... sure it was on the list for. Uh, if I, it I is, could be wrong. Then I am overly stoked. I could I be wrong, think... but I'm pretty sure that was one of the issues that I got excited about was Thanos number one because Jeff Lemire's writing oh, it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be so good. You're the one you're gonna want to get though is they're doing a variant cover done by Ron Lim, <laughs> and it looks like '80s '90s Thanos, and it is cool. Sh- as awesome (laughs) as that is i'd be afraid that i can't afford it like they're probably gonna want a lot of money for those variants i would assume maybe all right pulled up the list next week here we go i was just pulling it up too (laughs) avengers one champions one no 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 uh i don't see it in there for next week I see Champions 2, I see Death of X3. Uh, I might be wrong. I thought it was next week, but... Let's find out if it's the following week with November 6th. Uh, It's not out yet. No, well, it should be. Let's see. Not the full list. list Oh, the full list. Yeah, that's the one with Solo and Invincible Iron Man. Okay, so November 2nd. So Unworthy Thor got me excited. Um... Uh Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. I'll probably check out. Um, Should. Let's see. What else was it? No, those are the ones that dropped this last week. Renew Your Vows didn't drop last week, did it? Did Venom Space Night 13 drop this week? Uh, No, it wasn't the... So that's next week, then. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 13 dropped this week. And then the Marvel Now one is the next one. Um, it also was Silver Surfer this week, like Prowler, Punisher, Doctor Strange, Champions, No Time for Losers 1. Uh, but next week, um, since we're so confused because it looks like the Marvel app is messing up, yeah, I know what y'all talking about when I went on there. It's way off. Work. Okay, I don't know so we got yeah. next week. We got Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number One. We got All New X-Men Annual, Wool Killer One, Avengers One, Amazing Spider-Man New Year Vows One, Unworthy Thor. Um, we have Deadpool's Mark Money Five, Death of X Three, Moon Knight Eight, Scarlet Witch, Spidey. You, you get the idea. But we do not have Thanos coming out yet, and we no. do not have the brand brand new uh, uh, Venom coming out yet. No. But, but there the... is a lot of books coming out that yeah. seem really cool, especially Death of X Three. And I'm going to say one thing i got to throw out there that's coming out that actually has me interested in. It's through IDW Publishing. They have Batman, the Silver Age Newspaper Comics, Volume 3, covering um, 1969 to 1972, hardcover. And that actually sounds like it would be kind of cool to, to read, you know, all of the Batman newspaper comic stuff. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't foo foo that. That that could be a fun one. Yeah, that, that's going for fifty dollars, and this is volume three. That's a little much Crazy. for my pocketbook, but either way, yeah. that'd be a fun one. Now, with Marvel, I have two more things left to talk about, and I know because oh. I still told you I had. So you much said that was stuff. the last one. I yeah. Thought, no, 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 no. We reminded him of something beforehand. else. Before that, yeah. no, because there's something that I still want to talk to you about, Red. I haven't oh, brought okay. that up yet, okay? okay. Oh, I but, thought you oh, did well, with I, Venom. 
Nope. Yeah. Nope. They're something <laughs> completely different. I, I am on it this week when it comes to reading comics. I'm going to tell you all, all right. right now. Well, okay. you have me excited, so let's roll, man. Okay. So before the final one, I want to bring up one more thing, and it just clicked in my head because I don't know why we have not talked about it, is infamous Iron Man. And that is Doctor Doom as Iron Man. Okay. I've heard now. I do not want to talk that. about too much of it because if you haven't finished Civil War, there is a ginormous spoiler in it. Okay. Like, well, tell me here. Let's just say this: if you don't want the spoiler, please pause this podcast and then come back or fast forward like thirty seconds. What is, what is the spoiler? I'm curious. I want to. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to lie. Know what the, 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 yeah, the bring spoiler. it out. Come on. Yeah, I'm oh. not going to read okay. it. So, in the it, it it talks about why Doctor Doom takes over Iron Man's position, and it's because apparently in the final issue of Civil War, Tony Stark dies. Really? Yep. And he Doom goes into his lab because he did work with Stark. And he goes in, and Tony downloaded his mind into his computer, basically. So Doom's, like, in there, and Tony's talking. He's like, get out of here, Doom. You know, and they have a conversation. And Doom's like, no, I have to do this. I'm going to become Iron Man. And so Doom is literally Iron Man, and Tony Stark is dead. But dead for how long? Uh, let's, let's keep... Let's be real. This is the Marvel I don't know how U, long. So... But infamous iron man is supposed to be rumored to go on for over a year well that's Whoa. what they did with superior spider-man with uh peter parker yeah. where everybody thought that was two years almost. yep yeah it was like almost there 20 something issues 20 i, don't yeah, know I can only imagine now, but... if the series does well how long tony stark is going to remain dead and so. superior Sp- spider-man should have never ended i mean uh, like it did it was awesome yes okay red i'm so oh, glad you're with me God. on that yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, Superior I got, Iron Man was pretty dope. I mean, I, I mean, got Iron Man, Superior Spider Man. I couldn't put, put it down. It was really well done. When I first uh, heard about Superior Spider Man before reading it, I got very upset. I was like, "This sounds stupid. Why would you ruin such an amazing thing?" Ah, you know, type thing. And um, somebody forced me to read it. They have you read it? And I said, no, why would I? And they said, don't be an idiot. Read this book and then yeah. come and talk to me. So I did, and I couldn't even put it down. I just powered my way through it, and I said, well, once again, I was wrong, and uh, I'm a moron. This was fantastic. Yep. Yeah, because everything you expected from Peter Parker from over 60 years finally, you know, hit within two years. You know, he got his degree. He got a business. He Yes. He got a, 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 a serious relationship with a midget. I mean, come on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was really well written, really well done. You fell in love with Doc Ock. Actually. Okay. Red, if you liked Superior Spider-Man, go back and read. Um, there's 20 issues out currently of the, the current um, Amazing Spider-Man run. I think you're really going to like it, especially with what we're leading into now. Like, what's about to, like, tra- what, like what is just now happening, like, in issues 19, 20? You're going to love it. If you like Superior, you should really, really, really check it out. All right. I'll, uh, I'm, all right. I'm, actually, I wrote that down. It's I, I oh, binge read those in, like, uh, two days. It was so good. I couldn't stop reading it. I put everything else on hold and just only read those. Um Oh, Rusty, Thanos, November 16. So we got a few more weeks. Everyone's waiting. I'm waiting. But 
you know, the, going back to Iron Man real fast, I've never had an Iron Man book on my sub list. So this being on it, mainly because it's Victor Von Doom, uh, I'm telling y'all guys, y'all got to read this book. Like, Doom is so cool in this book, regardless if he's wearing Iron Man armor or his own suit or doing whatever. He's still doing Doom things, and it's like a weird good guy Doom, and it's... it's so he's it's like an cool. anti-hero? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who's the Who's the writer for this? Um... Let me look. I have it right here. Um, it is Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, mm. I have always said that I like Bendis. Yeah. He's However, hit and miss for me. I'll be honest. It's hit the, and miss. There's a lot of people that say the polar opposite. Uh, so, so the fact that uh, there's a lot of people that just cannot stand Bendis and they think that he's ruining Marvel. Um, So the fact that he's writing infamous Iron Man, that's why I'm laughing. I think killed. He's writing a book where Tony Stark's dead and everyone's probably going to be pissed again. See, I've always enjoyed what Bendis does for the most part. So (laughs) I'll definitely check it out. I'll, I'll take your word for it, man. I'll probably read it maybe tonight. Even dude, it's not. And you know what the thing is, it's kind of like a McFarlane book where they're in the first issue. There's not a whole, whole lot of text. It's just a lot of art and action. Oh, yeah. So, I'll, I'll read that. Mm-hmm. It looks like issue two doesn't come out for a few really weeks. I through it really fast, but... but it was super interesting. Like, it was really good. Cool. Yeah, I will be yeah. reading that tonight, so. Cool. So, this comes down to my final thing, okay? So, Red Skull, I know mm-hmm. that you are a, a big Nova fan. Yes, love Nova. Okay. I've been reading Annihilation. Oh, yeah. Annihilation so far has me hooked. But Mm -hmm. the opening to Annihilation is through the Nova books. Okay. Uh, I think six of them, memory serves. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's Richard, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And it's basically about him. He's been in the Nova Corps for four to six years, I think, like that. Yeah, and like um, it it's like him realizing, or I guess meeting most of the other people, and then mm-hmm. having to deal with everyone dying, the whole Nova Corps yeah. dying, and he's laughing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he goes through, he fights with uh, Drax, and I think Quasar's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I really enjoyed it. Okay, mm-hmm. but he comes off so unconfident. And so, like, I can't do this. And that yes. at some point, it is really bothersome. And it's just like, you know, grow some balls. You <laughs> yeah, have the in. whole power of the Nova Corp force behind you. Use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember who wrote that. I think it was, God, I can't remember. Yeah, he did a little bit of a different take on Nova through the Annihilation series that it was a little bit bothersome, and I do know exactly what you're saying. Um, but when it picks back up after that, and I'm trying to remember which series it is, the next series, you get the Reed Richards that you really know and love, and the storyline after Annihilation. You mean uh, the Reed Richards or the Richard Ryder? Richard Ryder. There you go. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Got my Richards mixed up for saying that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So no the uh the next volume after that it just you get the Nova you really love 
and the stuff that bounces off Annihilation, it really makes some really, really great storytelling. Very cool. So, so far, I've gone through all the Nova books that were a part of it. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, so far, in story order anyway. I think it was like four. Yeah. And then um, I'm in the Silver Surfer ones now, which are really cool. It's another <laughs> little short limited. Mm-hmm. But um, Annihilus is just kind of ruthless in it and um he's like let me just destroy everything Mm -hmm. and i mean like i said i'm only on the second issue of silver surfer and so i think i'm only like six issues into the whole story and keep in mind after annihilation is annihilation conquest uh there's like another version or another kind of like a wrap-up to it okay okay so that's the next thing i'm gonna have to go into yes and i next thing i was wondering and i don't know if you've ever read it or not but is um, Annihilation directly after, like, Thanos Imperative, or do you know? Mm, I don't remember, to tell you the truth. Because he's, like, dressed in the garb and stuff from this series with Thanos, and it had something to do with Richard Ryder, uh, or not Richard Ryder, uh, mm. I guess Nova was in it, but uh, yeah. it had to do more with Peter Quill, and he had like mm-hmm. one eye, and he was in jail and stuff. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I, like, you're talking a decade ago, I can't remember. It was a long all. time ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I felt like it directly continued off, and I think that's the main thing that hooked me with this, is that it kept bringing Thanos into it. You don't know what Thanos is doing yet. Yeah. But uh, it, it seemed like it, it was a direct continuation of a story that I had read. And so I was like, oh, how come I didn't know about this, you know? Have you gotten to the point where Silver Surfer's in it yet? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm okay. the second Silver Surfer issue right now. Okay, yeah because, yeah, because the Nova series has Silver Surfer in there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and cool. Silver Surfer just like, hey, I'm going to take care of business. <laughs> I thought Quasar and Nova working together, though, was very cool. Mm-hmm. Now, are you reading this on Comicology or are you actually picking up the issues? Uh, Comicology. Okay, because I'm going to tell you that – yeah, you're right. It's four issues. Issue four, I'm going to tell you out of the whole Annihilation series, Annihilation uh, Nova issue four is the hardest one to find. Really? Uh, it is a shorter print run, and it is difficult, but it's oh. a great – this is a great wrap-up. Yeah, you know, I mean, he finally utilizes, like, all his power, and he's like, mm-hmm. I, he gained some confidence finally. But yeah. through those four issues, it was almost unbearable how whiny he was mm-hmm. about it. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, because I'll tell you, with my story, when I was collecting all that stuff, I could not find that issue four in any comic book store. And, you know, I, 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 I've gone to a lot, and it probably took me three or four months until somebody finally dropped it on eBay. And even at that, it was for all four issues, so I had to double up on the first three just to get issue four. It happens, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just just a a hard one to grab. Oh, wow. Well, I think that that was interesting because technically that was like my first experience with Nova. I really have not read anything Nova-wise. Uh, yeah. Now, if you're enjoying the Nova, wait until you get into the run with Sam Alexander, the 2013 series. That that was so well written, even though it doesn't have Ryder in there. It's, you know, it's got Sam. Still, you'll love it. You really, really enjoy it. And I know I'm talking to Rusty here, but uh, it's a, it, it was reminiscent to me of also Invincible. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. But it is still, it's very well written. Very cool. Very cool. Yes, yes. So that is going to end my <laughs> Marvel rant for now. So, Red, cool. what have you read this week? Well, I won't lie. I haven't had as much time as I wanted. You know, I literally, I had a list. I'm going, I got 50 comics I'm going to read this week. This is my list. I got through 10 issues. That was it. And they were all Star Wars from the 1977 series. But there's three issues in particular that I wanted to bring up today that are really noteworthy for me. The first one was uh, issue number 17, and it was a standalone issue. Uh, and it, what I loved about it, it was a story about Luke um, on Tatooine uh, basically going to Biggs's farewell party before Biggs goes to the Academy. And what was interesting was the fact that the, the, the story, I forget who the story was written by, but the plot was written by Chris Claremont. And that caught me off, off guard, to tell you the truth. But his idea that, um, that he put into this uh, issue was really well done. The writing ended up you know, perfecting it. It was a, such a great issue that I would recommend it to anybody. A little untold tale of Luke Skywalker's past. And I, I, you, you'd like it. I think anybody who enjoys Star Wars would really like that. Um, the other issue I had to bring up was uh, issue number 19, only because I love the cover. Basically, it has a red skull on the cover. It's the best way to put it. You have this red skull and this uh, orbiting space station called the Wheel um, attached to his skull, basically the best way to put it. And so, you know... As a fan of Red School, I just love that issue. But finally, issue number 24 had an, another untold tale, but of uh, Ben Kenobi. And it was more of his youth when he was a general. And it, the whole issue was something that, you know, when you read it, it's like, wow, this would actually make a good series or a TV show or movie or something. There's, you just see so much potential behind this issue. And so that was my other recommendation I would throw out there to people. Issue 24 of, uh, you know, the 1977 Star Wars Ben Kenobi story. And I'm going to put the plug out there. You know, we have our YouTube videos, and I uh, have uh, basically pictures, and I talk about all of these issues on our YouTube channel for you Star Wars fans out there. But that's all I got through was 10 issues of Star Wars this week, and I'm regretting it because I have all these other image titles and all sorts of stuff that I want. I can't wait to get to the fix. I have I Hate Fairyland waiting for me, Saga, Walking Dead, you name it. It's just like all these great things sitting on my computer desk crying to be read. Yeah, I am I am totally with you there. That oh and oh I did pick up, which I'm really excited about, is uh I've down now to I wanna say it was three issues left to get of what do you call it? Skull kickers. Ah. Yes. Mr. Jim Zub. Jim Zub. Um, I found I I walked into a shop. I found a whole bunch of stuff for a dollar, and I'm just down to three issues left till I have the whole series, and then I can binge read the whole thing at once. I'm dying to read it. Yeah, I uh, I've seen the, I've read a few. Uh, from what I've read, it was really good, and yeah. I've heard nothing bad about it. Anybody that talks about it says how absolutely amazing it is, and I read mm-hmm. some other Jim Zub stuff uh, like wayward when I'm it's phenomenal. He's a great writer. I, I truly enjoy his work. So yeah, nice, exactly. Nice find. 
Yes, I was really pleased and excited to find that. It was just a Halloween sale that was going on in a local shop. And like, hey, this all this stuff in this box, in these boxes are a dollar. Well, let me look through there. Oh, hey, I'm looking for these. <laughs> yeah. So that worked beautifully. And for those who are not familiar with Jim Zeb, check out our podcast with him. And you'll be talking a little bit about Skull Kickers and his other work. Oh, yeah, most definitely. But yeah, that's all I got for tonight, though, guys. I don't. Is it about time to to make a phone call? It probably is, you know. And I'm sure if nobody's here, you'd just talk about rebirth. So sorry. <laughs> well, actually, I will say this for Nova since he's not here to to say what he would be reading. I know for a fact that he was planning on reading. Uh, he just bought the Master of Kung Fu Omnibus from Marvel. Mm. Um, that's- yeah, he snagged it. Uh, from what I understand, it's a pretty huge book. Uh, he's very excited, though, so I know he was really, really, really looking forward to diving into that one. So hopefully he's somewhere where he's able to read it right now, because I know he was super excited about reading uh, uh, Masters of Kung Fu. So Yeah, he was. He was talking about that quite a bit. But yeah. But, so next week I'll read a lot more. I promise. I'll. I'll. It'll be. I'll be better next week. I. Yeah. Don't, don't beat me. I'll be better. You gotta beat me. I'm the one to beat. Yeah, I know. Rusty. The, Rusty won one this week. I can't believe well, that. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Ding ding. Blank goes to Rusty. Yeah. One day we're gonna come back to that dang contest. Yes. That yeah, you know what? Why don't we make that for next week, gentlemen? How does that sound? If we can get, hopefully, uh, Nova will be back from his uh, secret uh, mission, and uh, all four of us will be back, and we can yeah dive back into that. But Rusty does not get a point for reading more than everyone else this week. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if you're like really far behind, I don't even know what the scores are. Maybe if you're really far behind, we'll give you a bonus point. Um, bonus points, I think, will be more towards if there's some invincible into that mix. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll figure it out. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and dial somebody. Do, 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 do. Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> Reach out and touch someone. All right, everyone, so welcome back to a brand new episode of Four Guys in a Comic, and with us today we have none other than Mr. Gregory Schoen, uh, writer, creator of Raygun from Alterna Comics. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Uh, it's good to have you. It's exciting. I've uh, gone through those issues, and man, I love it. I'm so excited I'm... about it. Can't wait to talk about it. That's great, man. Thank you so much for saying that, you know, those any compliment is a good compliment. <laughs> <That's> for <sure. laughs> oh, so for those people out there that haven't had the pleasure of uh, reading your work yet, maybe you can give us a little uh, brief uh, description of what Reagan is, a little bit about yourself and everything. Uh, well, you know, the closet pitch for Reagan is um, it's a story about a troubled 10-year-old boy named Matthew Baker who discovers uh, Nikola Tesla's fabled death ray and sets out on a journey of self-discovery that will change the world forever. And that about sums it up. About <laughs> sums it up, yeah. It does. As for me, I'm just a guy. I'm, I'm a guy um, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. Um, I've always been working in around a creative industry for a long time. And when I was 25, I, I, I said to myself, I, I want to be a comic writer. And uh, I, I promised myself by 30 I would be published. Uh, I'm 41. Uh, it, <laughs> it didn't didn't work out that way. Um, but oh. you know, uh, better late than never, now. right? Better late than never. And you know what? Everything happens for a reason. And that's um, right. you know, I'm that guy. I'm that guy who who is the every guy. You know, I I, I I've been the guy that you know started writing terrible stories and sending them in. Do you remember a, like? 12, 15 years ago, Marvel had that that uh, talent contest. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That was yep. about when I started getting into writing. And I wrote a whole bunch of terrible stories and sent them in. And um, I, I got some pretty good feedback on scripts. And uh, it, it really gave me the momentum to keep trying. Mm-hmm. And I've just been hacking away, man. I'm that guy that's been flittering around. You know, everything that's come up, I've, I've, I always have been pitching stories and I've always been trying to make connections with artists, which is really, really tough if you don't know how to do it. And um, I was just fortunate enough to um, be able to finally make a story that I believe in mm-hmm. and find an artist who also actually two great artists who also be- believe in the story. And that's how that's how we got such a great, great story out like Ray gun. Very cool. Um, now before we get into Ray gun, I was just wondering what was it at 25 that sort of triggered you to want to write, uh, comics? My dad died and, uh, I was always into comics always. And, uh, I was always into being creative and, uh, I had graduated from, uh, the university of Manitoba, uh, in Canada, um, in the arts um, and I, you know, I had a passing knowledge of script writing and I decided, uh, you know, comics was a love. It was always a love of mine and I, w- I wanted to try, try to do it. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah, know. Um, I've, I personally have written a, a few scripts that have gone into the garbage or hidden somewhere in a box. Um, so it's always, you know, it's always hard to take that, get that, uh, that push to actually, go to someone and say, hey, I've got this script, I finished it, I didn't say I was going to finish it and then end up not finishing it and playing more video games. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. I mean, that takes takes a lot of effort. It really does. It seems simple, yeah. but it's not. It no, is not. It, it, really, yeah, it, really, it really is not. And, you know, people, you know, people have a comic, a little flimsy thing, and they read it and they yeah. go, that was great, and they, they just toss it away and they don't realize the craft and the the time that it goes to actually be able to make a twenty two page story mm-hmm. that that isn't garbage, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I've got like these scripts in my head. It's just to get them down on paper. That's it's work, it <laughs> you know. And it to is. get them in the, with it, and to get them within the right you know format and frame and condensed properly to get those twenty two pages, it's it's it something. Is. You know, you know what really helped me. Um, you know, cause I got a whole bunch of books. I mean, there's, there's great books out there that can, you know, people don't even know what a comic script looks like mm. and they decide, they decide they're going to, they're going to write a, a comic. And, you know, first you got to learn about the formatting and, mm-hmm. you know, 
how many words can be in a page and you got to learn about, you know, Scott McCloud's understanding comics is an essential read if you want to know anything about the form and um, what you really need is a mentor and you, you really need somebody who is a, a working professional um, who will be brutally honest with you um, and give you the time of day. And, and I was really, really lucky to meet a guy um, in my hometown named Igor Corday. Um, who Ooh, I don't know if he did some new X-Men issues that I recently read. He did he, the art for that. Yeah. Yeah. He worked with Grant Morrison on new X-Men. Um, they, they hired him as a fill-in artist and then quietly couldn't, yeah. couldn't keep up because, you know, quietly wow. he's so, he's so disciplined yeah. and detailed. Yeah. And Igor ended up, um, he kind of got a rough deal for Marvel. Actually, he, he, he is like a very hardworking guy. He's this Croatian ex-soldier master artist who, you know, they kept on giving him work and he kept on pumping out work. So they kept on giving him more work. And I, I think maybe they thought he thought that they would be forgiving if maybe the quality of his work went down if he was doing three issues in a month. And it wasn't that way. And um, mm. it kind of it kind of didn't work out for him. But he's, you know. He's an amazing, successful artist in Europe, but um, I, I managed to uh, be lucky enough to interview him for an old website called Silver Bullet Comic Books, mm-hmm. and it was a, it was an old website that was really good for reviews. Um, and I find out that Igor was he went to the same comic book shop as me, and I was trying to get into comics, so I thought, wow, it would be really cool if I could interview this guy. So I, I asked the guy who owned the comic book shop, can I leave a note in his box? <laughs> yeah. His subscription box, right? Yeah. And and so the guy is like, ah, all right, all right. So I, I left a note. And I said, my name's Greg. Um, I'd love to interview you for a website. And he called me. And so I ended up interviewing him. And, and uh, I don't know why, but this 26-year-old kid ended up totally being buddies with this, you know, 40-year-old Croatian master artist, and um, he let me send him scripts. And he was brutally honest, and he's very, very, <laughs> very, very honest. And um, it hurt, and, yeah. and um, it helped, you know, um, when somebody can be brutally honest with you and tear you apart and still say, but this was good. It's the it's if you really want to do this, that one little nugget that can that can keep you going. And I had that, so that really helped me do this. Now, did he help you with the reviews of um, when you were putting Ray Gun together? Actually, he did. Um, mm-hmm. See, I fell out of touch with him for years. I moved to Japan, and um, I was living in Tokyo, and he moved back to Croatia. And um, here's something for you guys and all of your listeners. He has an online comic that's free called Texas Kid My Bro, and it's one of the most deeply introspective, beautiful, crushing, violent comics you'll ever read. And it's called Texas Kid My Bro, and it's free online. And it's written by Darko McCann, which is another master from Croatia. Um, he did cable with with uh, Igor Soldrek they called it and um it's an amazing comic but on the bottom of that comic they have a they have a comments thing and so i i i just googled his name one day in japan and it came up and i read this and i'm like oh man this is so rad and then um he answered one of the comments 
So I put on the comments, hey, man, it's, it's Greg from Winnipeg. Do you remember me? You know, I, I hope you're good. And we, we started from there, and we started emailing each other, and he just said to me, um, do, you know, you got anything going? You got a story? You, you know, what are you working on? And at the time, I, I wasn't working on anything. It was, it was um, you know, I, I was in Japan, and my wife's Japanese, and we were getting set up. And um, I did have a story that I had previously tried to work on in Vancouver before we moved to Tokyo. And that was, um, that was Reagan. And, um, I don't know why, but eight or nine years ago, I had this Tesla fetish. Like, I don't know where it came from, but all of a sudden I was just obsessed with Nikola Tesla. I was just like getting books and watching movies and YouTube videos and just like obsessed with this guy. And I, I it was, it, you know, it ended up being the, 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 um, the research I needed. Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing you guys should know about Raygun is everything is factual except for the Raygun. Every organization, all of the flashback stuff with Tesla, that's all real. You know, it's it's it ended up being, you know, years, a couple of years of, of freaking out on Tesla that actually gave me um, the nugget of the story. And um, I remember reading this one book and and it was, you know, Tesla kind of went crazy um, near the end of his life. I'm You know, he kind of married a pigeon. And then um, he he kind of said to these people, um, he you know he was saying he could make UFOs and he wanted to provide energy for free to the world. And he said, I have a death ray, and this death ray will change war because it can it can knock down an entire squadron of bombers or kill an entire army. There's and I thought, wow, you know, there's that wow, yeah, what a great story. But what what's the actual story like? Yeah. You know, what's the story? And then, you know, the next, you know, train of thought is who has that and why do they have it? And right away it came to me and I don't know why it came to me. I mean, I've never had a troubled childhood. I'm just that, you know, I'm that that middle class suburban dude. But it was like a boy, a a boy in trouble. So, yeah, where did did Matthew come from? How did that originate? (sighs) Matthew came from I wanted I wanted somebody to have the ray gun who you would never want to have that ray gun. You know, I mean the geez, the last thing you want to do is have a, a, a little boy running around with a death ray. <laughs> yeah, really. there, there's no control. There's I mean I got a six year old. There's no you way. There's that, no control. But what little boy doesn't want a, a death ray? <laughs> right? Who hasn't had that? You can ask anybody on the yes. planet anywhere. Did you pretend you had a lightsaber? Did you pretend you had a laser gun? And everybody's <laughs> going to say, yes. Yeah. So yep. people relate to Matthew. And, you know, the, the, the story that's happening in his family and with his mother, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's basically script writing 101. It starts, the story starts with Matthew being pushed away from the closest connection in his life, and people relate to that. But anyway... I, I, I had sent that story to Igor. He totally, you know, just, just ripped it apart, but in a good way. Yeah. And um, he helped me make some really good corrections on that script. Very cool. Well, it's turned out amazing. I mean, right now you have four issues out currently. Uh, how many more do you have, I guess, mapped out so far that'll be coming out? It's a good question. So uh, for this, it's it's a six-issue limited series. Okay. And um, the the entire story, depending upon, you know, 
the reception, which has been pretty pretty good so far for the first four issues. Um, I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to wait and see. You know, we'll have to wait and see. But it it is a six issue limited series. But you personally, if you're given the option to continue it, I'm assuming you have more ideas and things that you could expend upon. I've I've mapped the story out from Matthew being ten years old to twenty six years old. Oh, fantastic! Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Because you, you say six issues, and I cringe because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a wonderful story. I could see this going on forever. <laughs> it, and I'm going to tell you something. You know, two comic series that I really love that I, you know, I talk about all the time on the podcast is Invincible, and I talk and I love the Nova series. And to me, this falls somewhere within that realm between Nova and Invincible, and. I just love them, and with Raygun, I could just see continuously reading this for years and years to come. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, um, I like stories with an end. You know, I, 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 like, um, I like stories that are, are, have a, a beginning, a middle, and, and they do end, and mm-hmm. they give you that concrete finish. And I, and I think that's what's, you know, a lot of comics that, that these days go on they have to they have to come back and they have to redo and they have to redo because you know a story should end it should have a logical conclusion because people need that and you know because it's a serialized art form they they and because it's you know it's a company Mm -hmm. um who's going to be putting it out they always want to push that and they just want to keep on you know what's the next thing what's the next thing and i think the best stories are the ones that Maybe it is a long story, but there is an end, and the writer is mm-hmm. moving towards that ending. And um, those beats in that story seem to be a lot stronger that way. And I think that's why a lot of these comics out now that are, you know, they're not – a lot of them aren't good anymore. And, and it's and it's simply because even people who love comics and they love these characters are, are tired of it. Yeah. And they, well, when they, you have – when you have a character that's been running for 60 years without an end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I I would rather put all my creative energy and my love for a story into something and then finish it and then do that again. So you may not be able to go into details and whatnot, but what advice do you have for up-and-coming writers that are looking to publish something? Like an indie writer like yourself, obviously, that's, that's creator-owned. That's not you know, part of the, the big two franchise characters, what kind of advice could you give to someone uh, based off what you've learned going through this process and whatnot? Oh, man. Um, in a creative way, I could say be careful. And I could say, you know, pick, if you really believe in your story, then uh, hold out. Hold out. You know, if if a don't you know don't don't jump if a publisher offers you something um if you believe that it should be seen a certain way then then you should make the effort to have it seen that way um another one i would give in you know if there are people listening now who want to get into it and they want to start making comics and and they're writers um i do believe it's a lot harder than a than an artist because an artist uh, can make a make a product by themselves they they can even if they don't have the the bones to write they can make they can just draw a story you know they they can do it and for an artist you have to make that connection um there's two ways you can do this uh the first one is pay a lot of money and that's what i ended up doing um and i'm happy with it i mean i love my artists i they are fantastic i mean if you look at the issue 4 cover 
uh, we were lucky enough to have Cote Carvalho, who's a, a you know an industry pro colorist, actually get on there and, and do the color for that cover. It's sick. It's just amazing. Um, <clears throat> but you're going to spend a lot of money, and if you don't get with the right publisher, you're not going to get that money back. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it, for me, it's okay. I mean, you know, right now I'm you know I'm not maybe I'm not happy with everything that's going on, but um, I do believe that Ray Gun is a strong enough story where at some point somebody's going to see it and go, this guy can do a story. Yeah. This, this guy can write a story. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been really blessed that uh, fellows like you and, you know, other people out there, reviews, I mean, I haven't had a bad review. Um, everybody that reads it just goes, wow. Uh, you know, this is, it's true. There's nothing like Ray Gun out there right now. No. You know, there, there isn't. I mean, the world of Ray Gun is so realistic that the Ray Gun becomes that much more fascinating. And mm-hmm. that's missing right now in comics, and, and I'm really proud of it. Um, the second way you can get an artist, which is probably the best way to go, would be to do a Kickstarter or find some other way to fund it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of, lot, of, lot of what writers do, and I did it too, trust me, man, Everybody tries this scam. It's like, you know, I, oh, I have this story and I really want to make it. So they'll contact an artist and they'll say, hey, make a pitch for me, like work on it. And then if we can sell it, I'll give you half the money, which sounds really fair, but it isn't actually. And it's not fair to the writer and the artist because the writer should have control of the story. Mm-hmm. It really, if, if you get art back from your artist that you don't agree with, you should be able to send it back and say, you know what, I'm paying you. And this isn't how I envisioned it. And, you know, they do have creative content and they can, you know, do whatever. But I, I'm, a, I'm a strict believer that if you don't pay the artist and you do try to have some sort of work for hire or, you know, profit splitting, at some point that artist is going to send you a page and, and you're going to say, I didn't see it like that. And they're going to be like, well, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you're compromising on your story. Yeah. So – that's the advice I'd give to, to new people is, is watch how you get into it. If you truly believe in your story, then go for it and don't let anybody stop you, but be careful and don't, don't hurt yourself financially for it because the, the money is dirty. And, it, and it, if it's not working out for you, then it can kind of dampen your spirits about a project and that's not fun. Mm-hmm. I've noticed Kickstarter seems to be the way a lot of people go now. And it seems to work for a lot of these uh, creator-owned books. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, you've got stuff like Image, but, I mean, unless you're a huge name, like a Greg Rucco or Ed Brubaker, it's hard to make that um, that leap into Image Comics where it's sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever people yeah. buy, yeah. that's what you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, li- I like how Image, they, uh, I love Image, I mean, but it's really hit or miss now, you know, it's, it's, and that's, that's that company is, they go through these flows where they're, everything is great, and then, you know, not a, not a lot sticking on the wall, you know, and then, oh, and then everything's great again, and they're, they're kind of in that place right now where, where, you know, there's a few great things, you know, I think Walking Dead and Invincible and a couple other titles are, are holding mm-hmm. that company up. Um, yeah, Outcast. Out well, I mean, a lot of those, they've gotten a lot of things lately picking up for television now. So Yeah. Actually, I think- actually it's pretty cool. I, I, I just this last week got contacted by somebody here in Vancouver who runs a production company who does Netflix series. So, oh, yeah, man, that would be pretty rad if 
if Raygun can be be made into a six part series. I could see that. Yeah, I could I really see, see that. that. Yep. And it now, really um, wouldn't cost a lot, special effects wise or anything yeah. either, because it's a very much based in the real world. So it's not yep. like you're going to have a lot of explosions and things, you know, that you got to pay yep. special effects for. And ironically, I, ha- I have a nine-year-old son named Matthew who be- <laughs> <laughs> he would love that story. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> Can he act, Red? That's the real question. Yeah, oh, trust me. Oh, trust me. Yes. <laughs> now, um, speaking of ray gun, you've got uh, you've got these elements to it that really get to me. Um, especially, I'm a recent engineering graduate, so I'm really big into science and physics and stuff. And you got Pip and Squeak, which right away won me over just semi-autonomous <laughs> robots especially considering mm-hmm. that we we actually made a, an autonomous hexapod for our our final design project so that oh, was awesome. wow. i really enjoyed that and the whole nikola tesla thing is just awesome as well um, i remember watching the prestige a couple a couple of years ago that was with um that movie with hugh jackman yeah Richie yeah Hill. and nikola tesla and that was a nice little addition um and yeah, I just uh, you know he's he he's a, he's definitely an interesting character in the history of, of science. Mm-hmm. You know, and Edison, his his ties with Edison and Westinghouse yeah. play into this story as well. Yeah, I um, like that. yeah, a lot of it's it's funny. Um, you know, Tesla had no. Uh, we could if we go into this, we could start like talking about Tesla forever. But Tesla Tesla was basically this guy who could have a thought and just make it. And he, he uh, there was some sort of, yeah, maybe, you know, probably nowadays he would be some sort of, you know, on the autistic spectrum somewhere. Um, he, he married a pigeon. Let's remember that. Okay. <laughs> but, um, and you know, he literally Edison means was, a pigeon. <laughs> yeah. He, he married a pigeon. He loved, he fell in love with a pigeon at the end. Um, but, you know, Edison was around and, you know, Edison is another story. Um, and his Edison story kind of ties into Reagan as well. Uh, just just around the edges, but it's 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 something to to think about as well. Yeah. Now I had a question because we were talking about this earlier before you joined the call. Um, Matthew's a a character who you know on the surface he's a kid and you 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 see his childish aspects, but he's also got what I like is that he's got this like dark side to him. And based on his back, yeah. you know, his life isn't exactly. Uh-huh. something i went through i mean yeah. i didn't have a mother like he did and i didn't have a father who was basically not there yeah um so i really think it, it's an interesting job now my question is would you i mean is this an all ages book do you think do you think kids would not see that sort of um the sort of underlying darkness to matthew at times see the thing is matthew doesn't see it that's and right, that's yeah. that's True. that's you know the the thing to remember is when i um when you're writing a kid um, you have to write from that kid's perspective when the kid is is ruminating and when the kid is making his decisions. So when Matthew is going out, I think it's an issue too to test the gun, and he falls in with those those gangsters. Yeah. Um, when he's talking to, I, I think it's Pip, uh, or no, it's Squeak. He he says to Squeak, you know, this guy used to come to my mom's house, yeah, and he would give her money when he left. Yeah. You know, and he's, you know, to us, that automatically puts some, maybe some dark thoughts in there. But to a kid, he's not putting two and two together that way. It's just this guy has money. And if I figure out how to use this gun, I can maybe 
sell this gun to this guy and then I can give it to my mother mm-hmm. and then she'll be happy. Sick. Because she's and sick. She's sick. Right. Yeah. You know, and and you know the you know what she's telling him is being interpreted a certain way, and and it's um he he is a dark character, and and you know it's I'm glad people are feeling because he doesn't have any power. It starts off, and he's put on a bus, and he's sent to his yeah. dad, and then the dad sends him to the house, and then he's sent to school, and then the bullies take him, then he's put in a closet. And then he finds this ray gun, and he starts to be able to make some choices. But then it's taken, and now he's put away again. He has no power. And in issue four, when he finally cracks, he cracks big time. Yes, I love the the. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I love that final page. It was it was awesome. That's great, man. Because um, you can see him; he is empowered, and he is he is choosing to do something. Yes, and it's the only time in the series that he's really had a choice, and he's made a conscious choice. And that choice is no, you know, it's no. I'm finally saying no, and mm-hmm. you know, and there's times when he's, you know, before he blasts the gangster in issue two, he's 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 not talking to the gangster; he's talking to his mother. You know, I tell you to stop. You don't listen. You know, you're not listening to yeah. me. You never listen. He's never seen this guy before in his life. That's why the guy goes, hey, what are you talking about, man? You know, I what? You know, it, it, um, there's a couple times where you can see that maybe this kid has had a very, very rough life. And um, yeah, I, tried to, I tried to portray that, but, I, you know, I didn't want to hit people over the head with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted him to be a kid. Yeah. And I, I wanted him to make kid decisions. Yeah, I think the way that you went about doing it was, yeah. was genius. Um, you had yeah. me hooked at issue one when, at the very beginning, where, where he's boarding the bus. And his mo- at first I'm kind of like, oh, okay, his mom's shipping him off somewhere. But then you read farther down and you can, as you see, you can sense what's going on. And I immediately went, oh, she's this and she's doing this. And then she walks back to the car. And I was immediately hooked at that point because I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because like I'm a father now as well. And maybe that's why those types of things hit me a little bit harder than they would have in my early twenties. But you had me hooked from that point on. I was like, oh, okay, I got to see where this goes. And I'm, I'm absolutely in love with this book. I think it's fantastic. I Thank didn't know you so much. what to expect when we first got it, because a lot of times when we get stuff, sometimes it's amazing, and then other times it's like, yeah, you know, it's cool. So I wasn't sure what to expect, and I started reading it, and yeah. I'm, I'm hooked. It's it's phenomenal. I, I'm enjoying yeah. it more than a lot of the other mm-hmm. major titles out there right now. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. And I have to yeah piggyback off that it's exact same thing, because we get you know stuff sent to us often enough, and you kind of open it up, and you're kind of like, okay, what do we get this time? And as soon as I started reading, I'm telling you, you know, by the second page, I was like, this is something. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I was I was prepared just to read the one issue and then make a decision. But after that first issue, it's like I had I went through all four of them, you know, in one sitting. I just couldn't put it down. I was like, this is it. This is all I have to read. Uh, no, I'm tweeting this. <laughs> I'm upset. I want more. You know, and, yeah. and it, it really it's along the lines of of, of really like the, something you get from the big three. I mean, it is really well done put together the art is amazing i really love that last panel on the on issue four um everybody listen you gotta read read ray gun and unfortunately is <laughs> only in comicology yep. hopefully just for the time being but we'll see <laughs> yeah 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 it's 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 available um 
You know, one, you know, there's a lot of negatives, man, about digital. Um, but one positive is it's always there. Yeah. And what happens it with wasn't. the flimsies and, you know, because yeah, I'm trying to find a silver lining here, right? But <laughs> yeah. one of the silver linings that I've realized is when people do understand where it is and how they can acquire it, they can get all four always. Yeah. And in a comic shop, you know, the new Superman's going to be there for two months, you know, and then it's going to be in the back issue bin. And, and, you know, not too many people these days are going back into that back issue bin. Yeah, and it's not even that. It's you could be at the airport. Your flight got delayed. Hey, I need something new to read. Bam. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Whatever yeah, you exactly. want to buy, it's all there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can be convenient. Yeah. So are you doing any conventions or anything to help promote it? Since it is only digital, I don't know if that's something that you really It's do so or... hard. I mean, I would love to, and I love connecting with people. And, you know, just like I said, I've been very, very blessed, and I've been very fortunate because the people who read it love it. And 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 I'm, I'm, I'm glad, but um, what do I have at a convention? You know, what do I, what do I have on a table? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I got nothing. I got I, I I need a product to be able to sell, to be able to open up and to be able to show somebody and when you do digital you don't have that. And that that's a that's a that's a negative. Are you legally not allowed to get printed samples, something like that? Mm, I, I, I'm not to too sure how the distribution works that way, but yeah. you know, g- generally what they what digital distributors want to do is they want to they want to have the rights, and then when you get six issues in, then they want to they want to make a a trade, right. and then yeah. you have a then you have something to sell. Um, but that doesn't always work out. So, yeah. but, but you can do probably some lithographs of panels and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I had a guy them. tell me the other day that uh, you know I got to make a, a t shirt with the issue four cover on it. Yeah, and I, I thought that's a pretty great idea. And he also said that uh, it would be great if you could have posters of that cover, um, mm-hmm. just because I can of the, see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you and do then, do t-shirts, I'm buying one. So, all right, man. Let that's me great. know if you do. Uh, I will. Also, I, I I don't know how it works on the backside and and whatnot as well. But if it ever gets to a point where maybe you are able to try to do a Kickstarter or something like that uh, to in order to get physical copies or to get trades or whatever the case may be, uh, by all means, let us know. We'll have you back on to discuss it, promote it. I'll help back it. Um, I can't do a lot, but I'll do what I can because I, I, I back <laughs> anything and everything I believe in, and I've already yep. – and I've backed a few already now, um, stories that I absolutely love. So I'm more than happy to help support it in any way that I can. Well, there's going to be some news coming up in November. And um, you know, I'll keep you guys keep you guys informed. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Oh, please do. Now, um, growing up, what were your who were your inspirations in terms of writing? What a great question! I've never been asked that question on a professionally before. Um, I'd say probably growing up, like as a kid. You mean like not? In, not being in your in, life, I guess. In my, been, oh, yeah. in my life, um, as a kid, it has to be John Byrne and uh, Frank Miller. You know those guys. The yeah. the you know everyone knows John the, Byrne the Mark, George Perez and you know the all of those guys. Um, in modern times, probably Warren Ellis, early Warren Ellis. 
Grant Morrison, but early Grant Morrison. Greg Rucka's great. He's somebody who right now is nailing it, although he's kind of got issues with artists and stuff right now, I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a lot of guys out there, that's for sure. Right now, currently, I am just freaking out over Tomasi. Yeah, and I, I just, I think he is just Superman nailing, is yeah, Superman yeah. is fantastic, and you know what, I've never read Superman. I'm with you and right there, too. It is, it that's is, right like, there, yeah. I was just nailing through the, the latest the issue before you guys. John, yeah, John's the new issue. House of L, right? Like, how yeah, cool yeah. is that? They just it's have just, great moments. Yeah, it, it really does, it really does, and he is just killing it right now. Um, I'm not reading any Marvel right now. Uh, I don't know. It's weird, right? Marvel's got all this money from the movies now, and it feels to me like their comics are just kind of this um, wow. trying to trying to appease some great minds. Yeah, yeah. Part, we've, we've we, had exact same discussion. Well, three of the four of us <laughs> agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. If, I just don't know what they're doing. If you, uh, there's two Marvel titles that I would recommend, though, um, and that is Moon Knight. Uh, right now, um, with Jeff uh, Lemire and Greg Smallwood, oh okay. my god! It's only six or seven issues in. It's phenomenal. Um, and then um, I actually have to retract a statement that I made last week about Amazing Spider-Man. But I'm actually really loving Dan Slott's Amazing Spider-Man right now. Um, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Because I read up through Superior Spider-Man, and then I read the Spider-Verse stuff, and then I kind of <laughs> fell off, and I was like, I don't really like this new one. Well, I went back with a more unbiased mindset, and this last week I started reading it again, and I'm actually really, really, really liking uh, the new Spider-Man. Okay. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that new Iron Man series, where Doctor Doom takes over the Iron Man armor. That I think we're all kind of looking forward to that one. It could be interesting. It could go either way. It could be really, really good. Much like Superior uh, Spider-Man was, or it yeah. could, uh, it, it could not. <laughs> Who's writing it? It's, it's, gonna it's hard for me to read a Bendis book. It's very oh, hard Bendis. for me to read a Bendis book now. Yeah, issue uh, one is Doctor Doom walking in a kitchen and eating a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder what kind of sandwich he makes. I mean, that is a good, <laughs> that is a good clue as to what kind of person he is. Um, it's probably just like uh, raw meat. Um, no, it's it's a deluxe sandwich, man, and it's like got the best bread. He's got some those... like it's got some like Latvian slave making it. Yeah, you know? and it just it's one of those sandwiches that just perfectly fits in your mouth in that bite. Yeah. it's not too big, not too small. It's just perfect. Just through the grill of his mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. God. See, this oh, is why man. this is what comics are missing nowadays. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I know. I know. It, Red Red is our big image guy. He is. Yes. He doesn't. He does. He barely remembers how to spell Marvel. Sometimes DC, but uh, <laughs> it's just too many, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've given up my Marvel ways. Indie's the way to go for me now. But I still collect a couple Marvel type. All the Star Wars. That to me is its own separate little. Entity. Yeah, that's not really Marvel though. Marvel just owns it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's canon, why. Right. Yeah, it is, and that's the only reason why. That's the only reason why I have a box that has any Marvel stuff in it anymore. Yeah, but, I mean, except for my Sergeant Fury, I will never ever give up my old Sergeant Fury stuff from the sixties. That is. Are just, you guys excited uh, for Rogue One? 
Yes, actually, I am excited for it. I'm, I'm, I'm preparing for it now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited for the movie. But I was at Toys R Us with my kid the other day, uh, and you know he's like you know, six years old. He loves Star Wars stuff. We've watched all the movies. He's got tons of toys, and we saw the new toys, and he's like, uh. <laughs> my, <laughs> both of my boys, yeah. Both my boys, the exact same thing. We're over at Walmart, and they're looking at the Rogue One toys, and just kind of like, oh, the size. Like, okay, whatever. I'm going to get Pokemon instead. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because that character, Jin, is too much like Ray. When I saw the trailer, yeah. I was like, Ray's in another movie? Like, what's the, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, it's another 5'8 brunette with blue eyes that's going to, you know, do whatever, yeah. and then... Yeah, and let's be honest, little boys, they don't want the little girl character action figures. They want, you know, the Darth Maul and the Darth Vader and the, the Luke's, you know, the boys. <laughs> I remember a lot of Leia's on the shelf when I was a little boy. Yes! I would, I would, I would go to the store. It's all medical droids and Leia's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, the same thing, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, when I was over at, you know, the toy store, it's like, don't give me no Princess Leia. <laughs> Come on. Hot suit Leia and a medical droid. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh. So, Greg, um, what other ideas you got storming around? Do you have any other um, yeah. scripts you're working yeah, on? Yeah. 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 Um, um, I got one that is going to be my like kind of Tolkien thing. It's it's huge. It's huge. It's I've I've actually paid artists just to make maps for it. Oh, and oh, wow. it's wow. it's just nice. this continuous thing and it's it's basically uh it's um yeah it's it's this huge thing it's it's gonna be good um i'm also working on something now called the thief the wizard and the warrior and mm-hmm. it's about uh three guys who it's hard to explain but um they basically compete for control of the world with all of these other illuminati groups mm-hmm. and um the warrior is an old general who has his own cadre of military might, and he controls all of these different things around the world that have to do with blowing stuff up. And the wizard is basically like Bill Gates, um, and to a much much more heightened degree. And uh, he's into nanotechnology. And the thief is an old German spy who basically controls crime uh, wow. worldwide. And they I already control. like it. <laughs> <laughs> and not what I was they're, they're competing for control of the world with other wow. Illuminati groups. That's mm. awesome. Okay, two questions. Are these two ideas you have, are they going to be within the same universe? Do they cross over into each other? No. no. Okay. And then two, uh, are these going to be limited series? Yep. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I basically, you know, another, you know, you had asked – and we, I think a couple of you had mentioned, you know, you've tried to write something, you know, you have ideas in your head and you're trying to put them out. I, I would just suggest to, to you and to anybody listening who, who wants to do writing, um, write the whole series. Write a whole series, even if it's garbage, even if have the idea. Learn how to, to, you know, put 1 to 22 or 1 to 24 on a piece of line paper and that's what's on each page and then you know learn the beats and how to chop it up and what's a two-page spread and how you know how to do that and then write it and then write one six issue series and even if nobody ever is ever going to read it it gives you this ability to finish a story 
And I think what a lot of people do is they have a great idea, man. Oh, my God, this is such a great idea. And they start writing and they put yeah. their heart into it and they get halfway through and they, they realize, I, I, I don't know where this yeah. is going. I don't know how to end this. <laughs> I this great this idea cool was a great idea. This cool character enters and this happens, but yeah. Um, yeah. I know and how many I, times have we seen that in comics where you, know, you get through some issues and it's like, okay, true. where is this going? Or you have those issues where it's sort of like, well, this is really fluffed up for no reason. I don't think this was really a necessary scene or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Or every event that just sort of ends and no one is ever happy now. Um, Secret Wars. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? You know what the idea for the event is? Let's have heroes fight heroes. Okay. There you go. That's my pitch. Yeah. Um, that's what it seems to be now. Wonderful. Great job. Okay, yeah. let's run with it. Don't worry about the ending. <laughs> we'll delay the ending and people will buy it anyway because they're so invested. Yeah, the last Secret War just killed me because I love Doctor Doom and it was so awesome that he had the Beyonder's power again and everything. And I don't know what happened to that, man. It was just, just like everything that... goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the writer who was the writer of that again it was like Will- Jonathan Hickman. Hickman Jonathan Hickman Lewis Hickman yep the Manhattan projects oh, oh my yeah. goodness what a he does good that stuff that guy is crazy yeah. good and you can just tell he was sick to death he, of Marvel by the end of done, that yeah yeah and it, and tell. that was his last book so he yep he said okay Image is doing you know he's doing good stuff over at Image so I don't mm-hmm. mind um, yep but yeah. Uh, I think that's a good idea. You know, I may. I think you you've inspired me to go back and try finishing. That makes me really happy. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that makes me happy. I think everybody should give it a go. Everybody should try it. Everybody should, even if you can't do yeah. it, um, it'll make you appreciate the the form that much more, and yeah. it'll uh, it'll get you that much more into comics. And comics are great, and everybody should be reading them. That's Absolutely. right. Yeah. Or we wouldn't yeah, be here I've talking got, about. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I mostly collect uh, hardcovers, and a lot of them actually do have sample scripts at the back, so you can read a script of Frank Miller's Daredevil or Grant Morrison's insane, uh, you know, an issue of Invisible. So if people are interested or they love a series, that's always another great way. I mean, get the Planetary Omnibus, you get a Warren Ellis script. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a great little thing to take a look at, see, see how different folks write. You know whose scripts are the best to read to let you really understand the form is um, the Judge Dread writer Matt Wagner. Ooh, I like yeah. his. Mm. Yeah, his his scripts are you know panel one Dread on bike. <laughs> it, it's it's just <laughs> that it, it's Dread on bike, and then yeah. you know it goes through that. And if it was you know if that was an Alan Moore script. Oh, oh Dread is on a superfluous pink motorcycle and a psychedelic yeah. highway. Blah blah blah. It'd be like yeah. ten pages, but it's still Dread on bike. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it 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 will teach you exactly what has to be on the page, and nothing else. And that's yeah. that's how you write, and that's how you make it. That's how you make it uh, less of a chore, and it also teaches you. Um, you never want to put anything in there that shouldn't be in there. And that, mm-hmm. that, that makes it clear to the artist, it makes it clear to the reader, and it, it helps you get your story on the paper without getting bogged down in garbage. Awesome. Yeah, that's always, um, that's always another thing. I'm, we're kind of going on a tangent here about comic writing, but that's always one thing I've always wondered about is how different writers say, you know, I'm going to give complete faith to my artist versus someone, I think, you, 
Kevin Kevin Smith's podcast, Grant Morrison said that he actually does draw up the panel layouts that he uh, he envisions and stuff like that. Um, how do you personally write your scripts? Do you give the artist? Are you the dread on bike guy, or are you sort of dread on bike with a frown? You know, like with that little touch of detail. It's a a little more. I I give I give the artist what they need to know. Um, And feel is absolutely essential. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and if it's Mm -hmm. not there, it should be. Um, I'm I am really happy with how Raygun turned out because Alonzo Molina, the penciler, um, is a fantastic artist, and um, Paulo, the inker. Is is I mean these guys are are from South America and they're pros you know and they're they're yeah. just amazing at what they do and um, I, I was really fortunate to get in with them and that they believe in the project and um, they've done an amazing job they've done an amazing job and and yeah. almost every page I got back from them it was that's it like the first time I saw Matthew I. I thought, wow, how did this guy get in my brain like this? Yeah. But I guess it was the script, you know, and, and and then David came and Pip and Squeak came and Karen was there. Karen was crazy. When I first saw her, I thought, wow, this is he he gets it. He knows how yeah. how she has to look, you know. And it's important too when writer and artist are on the same wavelength and they, and it meshes perfectly that adds to the story to make it mm-hmm. even greater. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. Um, if you can trust your artist, then, uh, you don't worry. And, you know, you shouldn't be worrying once you pass those scripts off. It it should be that your job should be literally done. Um, you know, you, you've come up with the story, you've, you've put in the time doing the research and you, you pass it off. And when you get the pages back and it's exactly how you wanted it, it's such a joy. Um, you can look on my Twitter and, um, I have, I have different, different stages of the process that I've, I've been through with Alonzo, you know, going from rough pencils to finished pencils to inks to, and it's, um, you know, you can see the different stages and, you know, just know when you look at those pages, when I first got them, I was so happy and it's just such a, it's such a joy, you know, to be able to finally see that person who was living in your brain for years. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's almost like meeting somebody you talked to on the telephone or wrote letters with, for years and years and years, and then you finally mm-hmm. got to meet them, and they they lived up to your expectations. Um, that's how it is. That is so cool. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap everything up for tonight. Okay. Um, thank you very, very, very much for coming on to the show tonight. It's greatly appreciated, and we were very happy to find your your work this week. It was a uh, a nice little pleasant surprise. So thank you for reaching out to us initially to to share your Yeah, work. no, thank you so much for this opportunity and um I'm really glad you guys enjoyed the story and uh yeah, look look forward to 5 and 6. When does issue 5 drop again? It's going to be a little while. Oh, okay. <clears throat> like I like I said, I I'll give you some some news in November. Oh, okay, fantastic. Okay, well, we look forward to it. Um, but yeah, for those of you guys, go check out Reagan. It is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we're not just saying that. Like we truly, truly believe in this yeah. book. So yeah. by all means, yes. please go check Thank it out you. Comicsology. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thanks for joining us. Check us out, fourguysinacomic.com, and follow us on social media, Twitter, at number four guys in a comic, Facebook, keyword four guys in a comic. Also, check out popnerdtv.com and contv.com. Till next time.